part one section four of the main woods by henry david thoreau this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part one katahdin section four old fowlers on the millinocket six miles from mccausland's and twenty-four from the point is the last house gibson's on the sowadnehunk is the only clearing above but that had proved a failure and was long since deserted fowler is the oldest inhabitant of these woods he formerly lived a few miles from here on the south side of the west branch where he built his house sixteen years ago the first house built above the five islands here our new bateau was to be carried over the first portage of two miles round the grand falls of the penobscot on a horse-sled made of saplings to jump the numerous rocks in the way but we had to wait a couple of hours for them to catch the horses which were pastured at a distance amid the stumps and had wandered still farther off the last of the salmon for the season had just been caught and were still fresh in pickle from which enough was extracted to fill our empty kettle and so graduate our introduction to simpler forest fare the week before they had lost nine sheep here out of their first flock by the wolves the surviving sheep came round the house and seemed frightened which induced them to go and look for the rest when they found seven dead and lacerated and two still alive these last they carried to the house and as mrs fowler said they were merely scratched in the throat and had no more visible wound than would be produced by the prick of a pin she sheared off the wool from their throats and washed them and put on some salve and turned them out but in a few moments they were missing and had not been found since in fact they were all poisoned and those that were found swelled up at once so that they saved neither skin nor wool this realized the old fables of the wolves and the sheep and convinced me that that ancient hostility still existed verily the shepherd boy did not need to sound a false alarm this time there were steel traps by the door of various sizes for wolves otter and bears with large claws instead of teeth to catch in their sinews wolves are frequently killed with poison bait at length after we had dined here on the usual backwoods fare the horses arrived and we hauled our bateau out of the water and lashed it to its wicker carriage and throwing in our packs walked on before leaving the boatman and driver who was tom's brother to manage the concern the route which led through the wild pasture where the sheep were killed was in some places the roughest ever travelled by horses over rocky hills where the sled bounced and slid along like a vessel pitching in a storm and one man was as necessary to stand at the stern to prevent the boat from being wrecked as a helmsman in the roughest sea the philosophy of our progress was something like this when the runners struck a rock three or four feet high the sled bounced back and upwards at the same time but as the horses never ceased pulling it came down on the top of the rock and so we got over this portage probably followed the trail of an ancient indian carry round these falls by two o'clock we who had walked on before reached the river above the falls not far from the outlet of quakish lake and waited for the bateau to come up we had been here but a short time when a thunder shower was seen coming up from the west over the still invisible lakes and that pleasant wilderness which we were so eager to become acquainted with and soon the heavy drops began to patter on the leaves around us 
i had just selected the prostrate trunk of a huge pine five or six feet in diameter and was crawling under it when luckily the boat arrived it would have amused a sheltered man to witness the manner in which it was unlashed and whirled over while the first waterspout burst upon us it was no sooner in the hands of the eager company than it was abandoned to the first revolutionary impulse and to gravity to adjust it and they might have been seen all stooping to its shelter and wriggling under it like so many eels before it was fairly deposited on the ground when all were under we propped up the lee side and busied ourselves there whittling thole-pins for rowing when we should reach the lakes and made the woods ring between the claps of thunder with such boat-songs as we could remember the horses stood sleek and shining with the rain all drooping and crestfallen while deluge after deluge washed over us but the bottom of a boat may be relied on for a tight roof at length after two days delay at this place a streak of fair weather appeared in the northwest whither our course now lay promising a serene evening for our voyage and the driver returned with his horses while we made haste to launch our boat and commence our voyage in good earnest there were six of us including the two boatmen with our packs heaped up near the bows and ourselves disposed as baggage to trim the boat with instructions not to move in case we should strike a rock more than so many barrels of pork we pushed out into the first rapid a slight specimen of the stream we had to navigate with uncle george in the stern and tom in the bows each using a spruce pole about twelve feet long pointed with iron and poling on the same side we shot up the rapids like a salmon the water rushing and roaring around so that only a practised eye could distinguish a safe course or tell what was deep water and what rocks frequently grazing the latter on one or both sides with a hundred as narrow escapes as ever the argo had in passing through the symplegades i who had had some experience in boating had never experienced any half so exhilarating before we were lucky to have exchanged our indians whom we did not know for these men who together with tom's brother were reputed the best boatmen on the river and were at once indispensable pilots and pleasant companions the canoe is smaller more easily upset and sooner worn out and the indian is said not to be so skilful in the management of the bateau he is for the most part less to be relied on and more disposed to sulks and whims the utmost familiarity with dead streams or with the ocean would not prepare a man for this peculiar navigation and the most skilful boatman anywhere else would here be obliged to take out his boat and carry round a hundred times still with great risk as well as delay where the practised bateau man pulls up with comparative ease and safety the hardy voyageur pushes with incredible perseverance and success quite up to the foot of the falls and then only carries round some perpendicular ledge and launches again in the torrent's smoothness ere it dash below to struggle with the boiling rapids above the indians say that the river once ran both ways one half up and the other down but that since the white man came it all runs down and now they must laboriously pull their canoes against the stream and carry them over numerous portages in the summer all stores the grindstone and the plough of the pioneer flour pork and utensils for the explorer must be conveyed up the river in bateau and many a cargo and many a boatman is lost in these waters in the winter however which is very equable and long 
the ice is the great highway and the loggers team penetrates to chesuncook lake and still higher up even two hundred miles above bangor imagine the solitary sled track running far up into the snowy and evergreen wilderness hemmed in closely for a hundred miles by the forest and again stretching straight across the broad surfaces of concealed lakes we were soon in the smooth water of the quakish lake and took our turns at rowing and paddling across it it is a small irregular but handsome lake shut in on all sides by the forest and showing no traces of man but some low boom in a distant cove reserved for spring use the spruce and cedar on its shores hung with grey lichens looked at a distance like the ghosts of trees ducks were sailing here and there on its surface and a solitary loon like a more living wave a vital spot on the lake's surface laughed and frolicked and showed its straight leg for our amusement joe mary mountain appeared in the northwest as if it were looking down on this lake especially and we had our first but a partial view of katahdin its summit veiled in clouds like a dark isthmus in that quarter connecting the heavens with the earth after two miles of smooth rowing across this lake we found ourselves in the river again which was a continuous rapid for one mile to the dam requiring all the strength and skill of our boatmen to pole up it this dam is a quite important and expensive work for this country whither cattle and horses cannot penetrate in the summer raising the whole river ten feet and flooding as they said some sixty square miles by means of the innumerable lakes with which the river connects it is a lofty and solid structure with sloping piers some distance above made of frames of logs filled with stones to break the ice here every log pays toll as it passes through the sluices we filed into the rude loggers camp at this place such as i have described without ceremony and the cook at that moment the sole occupant at once set about preparing tea for his visitors his fireplace which the rain had converted into a mud puddle was soon blazing again and we sat down on the log benches around it to dry us on the well-flattened and somewhat faded beds of arborvitae leaves which stretched on either hand under the eaves behind us lay an old leaf of the bible some genealogical chapter out of the old testament and half buried by the leaves we found emerson's address on west india emancipation which had been left here formerly by one of our company and had made two converts to the liberty party here as i was told also an odd number of the westminster review for eighteen thirty four and a pamphlet entitled history of the erection of the monument on the grave of myron holly this was the readable or reading matter in a lumberer's camp in the maine woods thirty miles from a road which would be given up to the bears in a fortnight these things were well thumbed and soiled this gang was headed by one john morrison a good specimen of a yankee and was necessarily composed of men not bred to the business of dam building but who were jacks at all trades handy with the axe and other simple implements and well skilled in wood and watercraft we had hot cakes for our supper even here white as snowballs but without butter and the never-failing sweet cakes with which we filled our pockets foreseeing that we should not soon meet with the like again such delicate puffballs seemed a singular diet for backwoodsmen there was also tea without milk sweetened with molasses 
and so exchanging a word with john morrison and his gang when we had returned to the shore and also exchanging our bateau for a better still we made haste to improve the little daylight that remained this camp exactly twenty-nine miles from mattawamkeag point by the way we had come and about one hundred from bangor by the river was the last human habitation of any kind in this direction beyond there was no trail and the river and lakes by bateaux and canoes was considered the only practicable route we were about thirty miles by the river from the summit of katahdin which was in sight though not more than twenty perhaps in a straight line it being about the full of the moon and a warm and pleasant evening we decided to row five miles by moonlight to the head of the north twin lake lest the wind should rise on the morrow after one mile of river or what the boatmen call thoroughfare for the river becomes at length only the connecting link between the lakes and some slight rapid which had been mostly made smooth water by the dam we entered the north twin lake just after sundown and steered across for the river thoroughfare four miles distant this is a noble sheet of water where one may get the impression which a new country and a lake of the woods are fitted to create there was the smoke of no log hut nor camp of any kind to greet us still less was any lover of nature or musing traveller watching our bateau from the distant hills not even the indian hunter was there for he rarely climbs them but hugs the river like ourselves no face welcomed us but the fine fantastic sprays of free and happy evergreen trees waving one above another in their ancient home at first the red clouds hung over the western shore as gorgeously as if over a city and the lake lay open to the light with even a civilized aspect as if expecting trade and commerce and towns and villas we could distinguish the inlet to the south twin which is said to be the larger where the shore was misty and blue and it was worth the while to look thus through a narrow opening across the entire expanse of a concealed lake to its own yet more dim and distant shore the shores rose gently to ranges of low hills covered with forests and though in fact the most valuable white pine timber even about this lake had been culled out this would never have been suspected by the voyager the impression which indeed corresponded with the fact was as if we were upon a high tableland between the states and canada the northern side of which is drained by the st john and chaudiere the southern by the penobscot and kennebec there was no bold mountainous shore as we might have expected but only isolated hills and mountains rising here and there from the plateau the country is an archipelago of lakes the lake country of new england their levels vary but a few feet and the boatmen by short portages or by none at all pass easily from one to another they say that at very high water the penobscot and the kennebec flow into each other or at any rate that you may lie with your face in the one and your toes in the other even the penobscot and st john have been connected by a canal so that the lumber of the allagash instead of going down the st john comes down the penobscot in the indian's tradition that the penobscot once ran both ways for his convenience is in one sense partially realized to-day none of our party but mccausland had been above this lake so we trusted to him to pilot us and we could not but confess the importance of a pilot on these waters while it is river you will not easily forget which way is upstream but when you enter a lake the river is completely lost 
and you scan the distant shores in vain to find where it comes in a stranger is for the time at least lost and must set about a voyage of discovery first of all to find the river to follow the windings of the shore when the lake is ten miles or even more in length and of an irregularity which will not soon be mapped is a wearisome voyage and will spend his time and his provisions they tell a story of a gang of experienced woodmen sent to a location on this stream who were thus lost in the wilderness of lakes they cut their way through thickets and carried their baggage and their boats over from lake to lake sometimes several miles they carried into millinocket lake which is on another stream and is ten miles square and contains a hundred islands they explored its shores thoroughly and then carried into another and another and it was a week of toil and anxiety before they found the penobscot river again and then their provisions were exhausted and they were obliged to return end of part one section four recording by expatriate in bangor maine